Ladies and gentlemen, here is the latest bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. Step into the this is Macabre Grimoire with Airy Show, Travis Nye, and Robert Maylay. Welcome to Macabre Grimoire, Chapter 13. We're talking about the CISA Hotel. I'm your host, Ari Show, here with my co-host, Travis Nye and Robert Mailing. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> so, okay, so if you've never heard of the CISA Hotel, this, is, this topic actually really excited me because um, the CISA Hotel is this old hotel that was built in in the 1920s as kind of like a nicer place for people to stay. But for some reason, just awful stuff can't stop happening here. We're talking suicides. We're talking murders. We're talking crazy people staying here. We're talking mysterious deaths. A lot of mysterious deaths. And it's weird and it that you keeps, have such a chipper tone to your voice. It keeps going. I'm very excited by it because it's <laughs> so weird. But it keeps happening. I think there was one that happened within this decade. So it just, yeah, it's just kind of crazy how this this hotel is just. I don't know. It's like, do you was it built on like burial grounds? Was it you know? Is it just located in an epicenter of just like some bad juju? I mean. You can't, um, there's, I don't know, it's just really crazy. So, I mean, there's, uh, I don't know how many accounts of just, um, tragedy is at this hotel, but it's, it's, uh, it's up there. So, um, I don't know. I really I like the fact that this is the... Do you want me to, I can go into that, do we want to have a, something I can read, get into it, or just, uh, um. just like various accounts? Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna start. You go we for can, it. We can both give this rundown kind of list of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it goes way back. The hotel itself was built in uh, 1924, uh, and it was you know built like very opulently, uh, but it uh, got overshadowed very quickly because there was like kind of a building boom in that area, and so then it became kind of the lo- even though it was built in the like really classy Gothic style, it would eventually be. Uh, you know, with the more rundown hotel in the area, the kind of discount hotel, and so then they switched from being like high-end business travelers to being like monthly and weekly rates that were really low for uh, rooms at the Cecil. So, just to jump into the ridiculous history of this building, here we go. Uh, Found in 27, uh, and since 31, it's gained a reputation. So, a November first, first blood. November 19th, 1931, Manhattan Beach resident W.K. Norton, 46, was found dead in his room after ingesting poison capsules. A week prior, Norton had checked into the Cecil under the name James Willis 
from Chicago. Norton's death appears to be the earliest known suicide at the hotel, but it would not be the last. Dun, dun, dun. And then do we want to go back and forth and then... Yeah, oh yeah, sure. So you could do one? Okay, sure. So in September 1932, um, not even a year after that other suicide, a maid found Benjamin Dodich, 25, dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. He did not leave a suicide note. And then you want to do one, Travis? Um, it's highly. Which okay. Oh, I got a mean glare. I'll let you do it. Okay. In late July 1934, for former Army Medical Corps Sergeant Louis D. Borden, 53, was found dead in his room at the Cecil. He had slashed his throat with a razor. Borden left several notes, one of which cited his poor health as the reason for his suicide. This one I wanted to talk about because, like, it's one thing to, you know. I, I kind of un- I understand like what he, why he wanted to do it because poor health. I mean, I don't know how poor his health was, but like you have to think about who's gonna fucking find you and why the fuck would you slash your throat? That's an awful way to go. So I mean, and then duh, just so many thoughts with this. Anyways. Yeah, but suicide people are not the most rational. Oh no, I understand so that like, too. So yeah, I know what you mean. Where it's just kind of like. You know, who's going to find that? Who's going to clean that up? Yeah. And, oh, just like, gosh. so I think it's mostly like depression, you know, probably more depression than it is actual like, you know, health issues. But depression is a health issue. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a whole bunch of things. Anyways. Absolutely. So uh, March ni- in March 1937, Grace E. Margot fell from a ninth story window. Her fall was broken by telephone wires, which were wrapped around her body. She later died at the now demolished Georgia Street Georgia Street Receiving Hospital. Police were unable to determine whether Margot's death was the result of an accident or a suicide. And I think that was a gang related one if I'm not mistaken. Well that Gangster. one was super weird yeah. because, uh, with the whole because it was like back in the day when there were just telephone wires going like all over the place so mm-hmm. she basically like fell into a web of them and it was hanging over the street for a while and stuff and it just sound like that just some of the verbal descriptions of it are just yeah nasty sounding right keep in mind we haven't even gotten out of the goddamn 30s yet yeah <laughs> so in january of 1938 marine fireman uh Roy Thompson, 35, jumped from the Cecil's top floor and was found on the skylight of a neighboring building. Jesus. Uh, he is he had been staying at the Cecil for several weeks. In May 1939, Navy officer Irwin C. Neblet, 39, was found dead in his room after ingesting poison. I do like that name, Neblet. Yeah, Neblet. So, in January of 1940, teacher uh, Dorothy C. Seeker? Skyger? Skyger, 45, ingested poison while staying at the Cecil and was reported by the Los Angeles Times at be- as being near death. No further reports were published about her condition, so we're unsure if she survived. In September 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell, 19, was sharing a room at the Cecil with shoe salesman Ben Levine, 38. Purcell, who had apparently been unaware that she was pregnant, went into labor. Purcell later testified that she did not want to disrupt a sleeping Levine, so she went to the bathroom where she gave birth to a baby boy. Thinking that the baby boy was dead, Purcell threw him out the window where he landed on the roof of an adjacent building. Purcell was charged with murder. Three psychiatrists, then known as alienists, testified that Purcell was mentally confused at the time of the incident. In January of 1945, so about um, a year or so after her conviction, uh, she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. 
Which I can totally understand, but... Just, God, but, seriously. I but, mean, like, got... what is this thing? I just gave birth to F. It's dead. I'm going to fling it out the window. Like, I mean, what a weird, like... dead bodies on skylights. We've got yeah. dead babies being thrown yeah. out of the building. People hanging from the telephone. I mean, Jesus Christ. And mm -hmm. we're... Folks, we are just getting started. Yeah. So, in November 1947, Robert Smith, 35, died by jumping from one of the Cecil's seventh uh, floor windows. On October 22nd, 1954, San Francisco stationery firm employee Hen Helen Gurney, 55, jumped from the window of her seventh floor room and landed on top of Cecil's marquee. One week prior, she had registered at the hotel under the name of Margaret Brown. On February 11th, 1962, Julia Frances Moore, 50, jumped from the w window of her 8th floor room and landed on the second story interior lighting well. Ooh. Moore did not leave a suicide note. Among her possessions were a bus ticket to, from St. Louis, uh, 59 cents in change, and an Illinois bank book showing a balance of $1,800. Ugh. That's, yeah. All right. On October 12th, 1962, the next day, uh, Pauline Otten, 27, jumped from the window of her ninth floor room after an argument with her estranged husband, Dewey. Dewey had left the room prior to Otten's suicide. Otten landed on a pedestrian, George Giamani, 65, killing them both instantly. As there were no witnesses, police initially thought Otten and Gian, Gian, Gianni, you always oh, spelled that, oh, Gianni? It committed suicide together. However, it was soon determined that Gianni had his hands in his pockets at the time of his death and was still wearing shoes. Had he jumped, his shoes would have likely fallen off during the fall or upon impact. Golly. Oh, that would suck. Oh, that's... It's uh, not even a thing you think about with no. the whole jump. Like, taking, killing the pedestrians beneath you. Oh, I mean, do God. you even... Oh, could you imagine? Like, look out below. Ooh, that's terrible. So... Yeah, we're not. We're we're still in the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> On June fourth, nineteen sixty-four, a hotel worker just. I'm sorry. I feel really bad for the people that work there. It's just like, yeah. are they like taking carts around going, bring out your dead? No shit. So ringing a bell. <laughs> yeah, a hotel worker discovered a uh, pigeon Goldie Osgood, a retired telephone operator, dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten and her room was ransacked. Ugh. Osgood was well-known around the area and earned her nickname because she fed birds in the nearby Pershing Square. Near her body was the Los Angeles Dodgers cap that she always wore uh, and a paper sack filled with birdseed. Mm -hmm. Hours after her mur murder, uh, Jacques L... Jacques? Probably Jacques B. Ellinger. Jacques B. Ellinger, uh, 29, was seen walking through Pershing Square in the area where Osgood fed birds in bloodstained clothing. He was arrested and charged with Osgood's murder, but later cleared of the crime. Osgood's murder remains unsolved. What? How do you get cleared of that crime? Like, Duh. I want to know what his alibi Re was. Reasonable yeah, doubt. Probably. Um, on December 20th, 1975, a still unidentified woman jumped from the 12th floor window onto the Cecil's second roof floor. She had registered at the hotel on December 16th. Weird. On February 19th, 2013. Okay, this, this, is, is, this is the this big, big one. one. So, uh, February 19th, 2013 is uh, where uh, Elisa Lamb 
who is like going to be one of the big biggest stories we tell from this. And the Cecil so, actually had a pretty good run for the last like. Yeah, actually, like, uh, 75 30, to 2013, yeah. that, that's good for them. I'm that's guessing it had new management and they forgot to do their annual sacrifice. And the saging. Yeah. yeah to, keep, saged. to keep the hauntings down. Yep. But to, to give you an idea of, uh, you know, just to, to keep the momentum going here, uh, we're, we're, we'll come back to her story and get a lot more in-depth on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, on June 13th, so this is since uh, the Lamb story... Uh, June 13th, 2015, the body of a 28-year-old male was found outside the hotel. Some conjectured he may have committed suicide by jumping from the hotel, though spokesman for the county coroner informed Los Angeles Times that the cause of death had not been determined. Thus it would appear that 16 deaths at the Cecil Hotel resulting from non-natural causes, either the result of suicide, accident, or murder... Uh, this excludes the 1940 case of Dorothy, who was reported in critical condition after the poisoning, but uh, there was no reporting on whether she died or not. Uh, let's see. Let's take this opportunity now uh, and jump back to uh, Lisa Lamb. And then and then we'll fill in the gap, those years where we're like, oh, they're doing pretty good with all the serial killers who yes. stayed there. <laughs> so uh, one thing I do want to say though with all these different killers and or not killers uh deaths and stuff that happened through there uh so i'm sure you guys have seen the movie 1408 with john cusack and the haunted hotel yes okay so that one was actually filmed i had to look up the the, the hotel because i couldn't remember the name, uh hotel del coronado on the east coast mm. yeah um but then it also said that uh inspiration from the film came from a couple other east coast hotels also and then some of the true stories came from the West Coast. So I'm curious how many of them actually are related to this. Because I know in that movie you see ghostly figures like falling from through the windows, um, slit throats, all these different oh, yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how much of that was inspired by the, these events. And then uh, the... What, what did, did anybody watch American Horror Story? Uh, season 5 was filmed in this hotel. Was it filmed in the season? I think so, yes. That would make sense because it totally looks like the Cecil. Yep, I believe it was filmed in the Cecil. What? It, but what was the? Fic- they gave it a fictitious name. So yeah, I don't remember what it was. Probably the Leslie or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was. I don't. I just had it because I was looking up. It popped up when the Hotel Del Coronado came up. I'll find it here, but we can go ahead and start. Sure. Uh, so, on February 19th, 2013, the naked body of Elisa Lamb, probably the most famous victim uh, at the hotel here, a 21-year-old Canadian student was found inside one of the water supply tanks on the roof. Lamb had gone missing almost three weeks earlier. On January 31st, 2013, her decomposing body was discovered by maintenance, a maintenance worker in one of the rooftop water tanks. After guests had complained about low water pressure and that the water tasted funny. <laughs> I know, Ugh. I know. That always gets me. Sorry, keep going, keep going. Uh, me, me too. I, like, all day, every time I saw that paragraph, I wanted to retch. Yeah. Authorities later ruled Lamb's death as an accidental drowning. Video surveillance footage taken from inside the elevator shortly before her disappearance showed Lamb acting strangely, pressing multiple elevator buttons, hiding in the corner, uh, waving her arms wildly, causing widespread speculation about the cause of her death. After the elevator video was made public, public, many theories arose as to Lamb's death. Lamb was reported to have had bipolar disorder, for which she was prescribed various medications, which could have contributed to her death as well as her strange behavior. Here's my problem with that, mm-hmm. just throwing that out there, is I know people who are bipolar, and I know people who are on bipolar medication, mm-hmm. and this is more like 
if this was like what caused it, right. this is more like schizophrenia than bipolar. Yeah. Bipolar doesn't mean I see things right. chasing me and I jump right. off buildings. And I have, I know people who are bipolar and that aren't on anything and should be on something and yes. they don't act yes. that way. So just putting that out there. It looks like they, uh, in season five, they named it the Hotel Cortez. There we go. Mm. Yeah. So let's see. The surveillance video from the elevator. Uh, oh, I've got a link here to the surveillance video, which you really need to see because it's by far one of the all time creepiest things on the internet, especially once you know the backstory. It is just goddamn weird, folks. Uh, some people dismiss the video as her being on drugs, except, or, except while she was bipolar, she had no history of drug use and no drugs were detected in her body during the autopsy. Yes, I can explain that, critics. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to point out was that uh, lots of people think that the horror movie Black Water was based on this, but that movie actually came out, and I didn't know this because for the longest time I thought that was oh, where it was from. Sure, sure, but sure. the movie itself actually came out in 2005, so it predates this story. So basically, they made a movie about that happening, and then it happened in real life. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Life imitating art. So Elisa only weighed uh, 121 pounds and was five foot five or five and a half feet tall. She's a tiny woman. Yeah. Police reports say that she would have had to have lifted the lid off the water tank and would have needed a ladder to get up there. No ladder was found on the site. Uh, now, one thing that I did notice when you look at all these pictures, and we'll link to them, mm -hmm. of the roof of the Cecil uh, and the water tanks, is that I don't know how she would have gotten or. I didn't see a ladder, but there's a, like... There's, like, stairs. There's an elevator thing, so there's stairs to the right-hand side of it. So if she got up on top of the elevator housing and then jumped down, she could get have gotten onto the water tank that way. And then climbed inside, And then maybe? climbed inside. I mean, super fucking weird. But right. technically, physically, that's what she could have done to get in there on her own power. But, Jesus. And then uh, this one urban explorer guy in L.A., uh made a vid or he, I don't know if he made a video but I was reading about that he actually wanted to replicate it to see if it was physically possible oh, sure. and he figured out that uh, there was a fire escape on the side of the building mm. that once you were up above a certain floor made it easy to get up to the roof because mm. one of the big things is the roof was locked and it had alarms mm. on it if someone went up on there yeah uh, so but we saw how awesome that elevator worked so maybe the alarms were probably disabled which is poss also possible it's possible and you know i've worked in a building i'm not going to say what one but uh that had a lot of those security features like if certain doors were open alarms would go off specifically uh roof access stairways and then if an employee used it nine times out of ten they weren't diligent enough to reactivate that alarm thinking they're going to go back up or something oh, and then sure. they just don't so right, i mean right. there's countless times that i've had emails and reports of hey don't forget to lock the door right. <laughs> that's true uh so you know that's a, that's a factor if someone left it unlocked or and then if somebody died guys were like crap i gotta go unlock that door yeah, <laughs> probably like oh i didn't fucking do it i was down here so i mean it is it's physically possible for her to have gotten up there, but it would have been challenging and a little weird for someone to just on the fly. Well, but if, here's my thought. If she's, the elevator's, the elevator's screwed up, it's not letting her down to go down the, to, you know, basically go down to the lobby. Let's just say she's going to, well, she wants down to the lobby. She's pushing all these buttons, trying to get the elevator to, like, 
rethink its place in life, you know, so it can close the door so she can, like, go on with whatever she's doing. So the door's not working. She's like, fuck it, I'm just going to wander around up here. So she finds her way up to the top of that access and then maybe it falls in or, you know, that's maybe that's how it's a, it's a way she could have gotten there. But it's... The logic is so... It's stretching. Cute. I'm yeah. stretching. Yep. Yep. But it's just like the alternative is like basically supernatural or like mega super predator super serial killer. Right. So it's like, so the stretched logic is actually still a probable option on the table. Possibly. Um, but I don't understand that when she's standing outside the elevator, when she starts throwing up all those gang signs. I think she's just trying to maybe see if there's like a sensor that will like close the elevator door. Yeah, well, I get that because she did wave her hand in there, like. Because there like, are hey. elevators that do that. But then, like, she stood outside of it after, like. And like, my hand gestures hands... like she was almost talking to someone. Yeah. Which was... It was almost like sign language. Her fingers she were going was so almost quick. like, but yeah, I was thinking she's taking. So she, I, what I saw her doing is basically going like, if you take your hand and you just go one, two, three, four, like you're pushing back each finger. Like she's maybe she's counting off like, okay, I did this, I tried this, I did that. Like she's kind of like count like ticking off the different things that she tried, or maybe she's like making her grocery list. Like she's just <laughs> trying to like reason with something, you know, like to herself possibly. I don't think she was actually talking to anybody. I don't know. That's, yeah. th- but it is weird, and that's that's a, like since when I saw it the first time, I thought like, oh my god, like it's ghosts. But like now that I've seen it several years later, I'm thinking, ah. Oh, she had like at one point though a pretty good like startled jump. She did, but I'm wondering if maybe she was just trying to like get something moving. Like maybe if I jump here, if I jump off the elevator, it, it'll Indiana sense my Jones. it'll sense my weight is off the elevator. Maybe that'll get the doors to close. You know, maybe if I jump into the elevator and I stand in a spot, maybe it'll sense my weight, and that's why the doors aren't closing. So maybe she's just trying, you know, different things to get the doors to close. So it looks weird to us because if we were in an elevator, we would just stand there and expect the doors to close. Well, she tried that and that didn't work. So now she's trying a bunch of different things. Yep, and all of this still doesn't explain... How she got into the tank. Well, how she got in the tank, and then naked, with all of her stuff folded and floating next to her. Maybe she just really wanted to swim. Maybe. I don't know. And then got in there and realized... I don't know if it was folded, but it was in the tank with her, and she was naked in the tank. Yeah. Well, but I mean, like, I don't know, if you're gonna, like, if you're in the water tank, you're like, ah, fuck it, I'll take off my clothes, why not, you know... Her water very well could have been shut off. She didn't pay her bills, needed a place to bathe. Let's go to the roof, hop in the water tank. You get in there, you realize your clothes are kind of restricting. You can't and really swim. That's what ama- is amazing about this story, because it's just like all the like rationalizing it away and trying to explain it. Because mm-hmm. those are like grounded answers. They are. They it. absolutely are. Uh, sound, sounds as fucking ridiculous as ghosts you know what it i mean does. It, it, it gets does, to those yeah. like ufo explanations where it's like oh that was swamp gas off phoenix uh when the <laughs> light caught on a plane wing from a nearby airport you know right just like a rube goldberg device of logic in order to make yep. it not ghosts yep yep but must have been it i mean shit because it's like so why was she naked why did she get into the tent i'm just kind of like okay so if we're doing the stretching logic thing yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm like so she was trying to get down to the ground level she panicked. She, all the like dancing around and stuff was trying to get the sensors to go off to right. like let her down. Uh, we don't know much about like you know she was bipolar, but did she have like special needs or something like that? That they don't really talk about. I'm that. right. I'm curious what floor she was staying on. Does it ever say that? Yeah, 
it kind of kind of makes me like something I passed through to so the eighth floor, because one, if the elevator doesn't work, the stairs are locked or whatever, where else can I go? Maybe I'll take the fire escape down. Right. Yeah. Wait, then you'd think she would have went down. Yeah, but, but if she's already if she's nowhere to be and she's like, ah, I'm just gonna explore this hotel because it's an old hotel. I've done stupid stuff like I've that. I've done that sure. too. Yeah. So especially if you're so then foreign. She, What's this about? But it, where is she? Where is she from, though? Canada. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I would explore the fuck out of an old hotel. Are you kidding me? Okay. Um. So, so she went up and sat down because she was exploring. Sure. So then, if we're, I mean, if that's our explanation, is that she was exploring? Then it makes a little more sense because part of me was wondering if she's like, it's dark and she's trying to. Get, she's like, okay, I'm trying to get down. Sure. Uh, the stairs were locked or whatever. Right. The elevator doesn't work. So I went up the, the fire, fire escape. escape. Mm-hmm. And then part of me is almost like wanted to say, well, maybe she was going with the logic of, well, if I go up to the roof, there'll be an access door. Right. And maybe I can get in through there. Right. Well, and so then she opened a hatch on one of these water tanks, not knowing what it was. And, and then, like, I don't know. It still doesn't really work, you know? Well, but if she's already up top. And she sees the tanks. Maybe she's like, what are these things? Oh, cool, it's a water tank. Oh, cool, it's a pool. This hotel has a pool? But maybe she's like, she knows that it's not a pool. I'm from Canada. But maybe she knows it's not really a pool, but she's just going to like, ah, I'll just swim in this thing. And then she takes off her clothes because her clothes are are very heavy and very restrictive when you're in water like that. So she takes them off because she needs to be more free and she's just having a blast, you know? But then she gets tired and now she can't get out because there's no ladder in that water tank to like actually help you get out yeah it's just a slippery so, side so now she's drowning that's maybe what i wonder a little bit was and then maybe she took her clothes off specifically so that she could get uh, out so that she could try and swim and get out and she maybe she just wasn't a very good swimmer and couldn't tread water but figuring how long she was in there deceased i mean you there's no way anybody could tread water that long because i mean really right. i suppose she could have been in there for like 48 hours alive swimming trying to get out probably yeah and water would still have the same effect you on your body just, yep and you would just eventually just tire out and just that's it and if and if her muscle mass is a lot denser she's just going to sink and so for her to be able to keep herself up above water she's going to have to tread actively that entire time and now treading is a way to like um you're not going to use as much energy but it still requires energy but if you're a denser muscle mass, you're going to need to work a lot harder to be able to stay above water. Because we used, when I was a lifeguard, we used to tread water for hours at a time just to, for like life-saving techniques and stuff like that. And a lot of the guards that were denser in muscle mass had a really hard time with the exercise. Whereas like me, who had a little bit more fat on her body, I could literally just put myself in a vertical position and not do anything and still be fine. Like, I could basically, I could probably could have survived at least a just, few. Just bobbing uh, there. Several days just bobbing there and, been, and, you know, just trying to cry for help or whatever. But, like, for her, she probably, she probably couldn't. She had a very difficult time. So she probably would have tired out and then eventually just drowned. And my stair theory of her getting on the roof, not every building is the top floor stair access. Right. I've seen it, like, second or even third from the top floor to access the roof. Did we just crack the Lysa Lamb case? I think so. Hi, five. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm still not convinced. But, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's talking with you guys, it's a little more probable, sure, some of this stuff. Sure. But still, it's just like, 
God, there are so many like freaking logic and emotional uh, backflips and freaking gymnastics we have to do to make that work. But still, I mean, I guess that's a good it's a it's a working theory. Well, without being there, it it would hard it would be really difficult to yeah. to buy into this, you know, because we don't know what, how it's laid out. I really like the fourteen oh eight theory. I like that a lot. What's that? The haunted. Oh, the haunted. John. Sure, Cusack sure, sure. Thing. Like that. I like that theory a lot. That something. John Cusack killed her. I'm saying. I knew it. Oh, but I like John. Okay, Cusack. true, true theory. If it was an actual murder. I'm going to say the owners of this hotel is like a whole dynasty of just hotel owners that are actually serial killers that shut down the elevator because they're watching the cameras because they right, have right. access to all this because right. they own it all. We've got an H.H. H. Holmes scenario. Yeah. Where yeah. They built a hotel of death. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, in other words, the the plot of season five of American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So let's see. The, Which uh, happens to be the director is the same owner of the Cecil Hotel. He's just like, we got to tell people how this works because I'm so proud of it. Damn. Let's make a TV series. And season five, I will tell people how it was done. That's what he's doing. So that gets us through possible paranormal death slash accidental death and suicides. Mm-hmm. Let's get let's dig into the murders and serial killers just a little bit. Yeah. Because in case you thought we were done with this hotel... Oh no, it, it keeps freaking going. So, Elizabeth Short, a murder victim dubbed by the media the Black Delilah. This is one of the most Dahlia. famous. Dahlia? It's Dahlia. Yeah, not Delilah. Yeah, for the love of God. I, I, I read that first too. I was like, Delilah. I'm like, what are Delilah. you writing about? Let's see. The Black Dahlia. There is you go. One of the, one of the most best known uh, unsolved murders and one of the most famous Los Angeles murders of all time. Uh, Short was reportedly seen at the Cecil's bar in the days shortly before her murder in January of 1947. However, this information remains disputed. Okay, so she might have been around the bar. Uh, Let's see. It's been a... a, The hotel has been the site for uh, several serial... Two serial killers that we know of. uh, And one of them is the legendary serial killer and Satanist... Richard Ramirez, who is believed to have killed 13 people while he stayed in the hotel in 1985. Ramirez, he's the Night Stalker. Is he the is he the ba- vamp the L.A. Vampire or is he the Night Stalker? I'm trying to remember which which serial killer nickname he has. I don't know. But uh, if he's the because he's the Satanist one, that's like I remember him being because uh, last podcast on the left did like really in depth, uh, you know, like four part episode about him because that's kind of their specialty. Uh, but yeah, he's the night stalker. Here oh, we go. Jesus. Yeah, this guy is like beyond fucked and evil. Just like total rape, murder, slaughter people. Like uh, you know, he he's in the, he's in the big he's a big leagues guy. Uh, hang on. So he died on June seventh, two thousand thirteen. When did Elisa Lam die? Because that was also in two thousand thirteen. Was she he, in the fall? She was uh, February. Oh, okay. Yep. But you see where I'm going with this? I do. Yeah. The ghost of the Night Stalker yeah. demanded one more. Needed one more sacrifice. What is, is B-cell lymphoma? Says it's his cause of death. That's uh, skin cancer. Hmm. Is it? 
I well, don't, yeah, I, I'm not sure about that. But the uh, lymphoma is a is a type of cancer I, of your lymph nodes. But I, I kind of think we'll do full episodes about some of the heavy hitter serial killers like Dahmer and Ed Gein and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, just briefly touching on uh, Richard Ramirez, aka the Night Stalker. Uh, let's see, how many did he kill? Twenty five at least. Oh, it's a blood cancer. Sorry. That makes sense. Is it because Be so. he drank okay. other people's blood? Or was just around other people's blood too much? I don't know. That would be a good thing to find out. Too much too much blood. But yeah, super, super crazy violent guy. We'll we'll do a little bit of talking about him at some point here. Mm-hmm. But you should really check out uh the last podcast on the left's like full three episode just knock down, drag out, total like account of his life. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Dark shit. Yeah. Anyway. Uh and that we're not done with the serial killers yet, because then that we've also got uh, Austrian serial killer, who I'm not as familiar with, Jack Unterwerger. Unterwerger. Unterwerger, uh, who stayed at the seaside. Why is he Austrian? Oh, okay. I thought it was Austrian. Never mind. He's Me Aus- too. I did that. Austrian, yeah. <laughs> at first I was like, good day, mate. I'm going to slit your throat. And uh, Man, no, it's you'd... like, und good day, mate. I am going to slit your throat. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, his last name sounded almost German, but yeah. I'm like, why is he Australian? That's probably what it Never is. Mind. That's probably yeah. what he says it. So, in what comes as a surprise, he, he, and they say in 1991, while he stayed there, he killed three prostitutes. Which, Just gotta keep Jesus. the wife from knowing. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> in what should come as a surprise to absolutely no one, <laughs> the hotel has changed its name to The Stay on Main, which is uh, an effort to distance itself from its colorful past jesus but everybody fucking knows you know well let me put it this way i googled uh cecil hotel yeah uh in los angeles and the very first entry that comes up is stay on main and then pictures of the front of the building with the big (laughs) old historic sign that says the cecil hotel so they're not even really trying to hide it too much well they can't because it's just that's historic, yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's a historical landmark, and so uh, we get a little bit into like uh, the because the the, uh, the building like I wonder if they're hiring. Like I'm going to look that up just to see what the demand is for employees there. Yeah. Well, the uh, part of part of the problem is that uh, and par- you know probably you know with the depressed uh, prices and rates and stuff like that, and it being in a rundown area. Apparently, it's very close to Skid Row, so something like I want to say they said that. Uh, as many as ten, yeah, here, as many as ten thousand homeless people lived within a four-mile radius uh, Jesus. of it. Hotel. They do have a, a three-star rating though on TripAdvisor. Nice. So I mean, they're not doing bad. What's their rank in uh, Los wonder, Angeles? Oh, let's see. I wonder how haunted that place is, though. But nobody's ever really talked about ghosts in the Cecil. They no, only talk about the events. Whereas the Stanley Hotel, everybody talks about it. It's just rife with ghosts. But yep. the Cecil, you would think, like, it's got to have some ghosts. It's got to. Maybe the ghosts are too scared. They're like, fuck this place. Yeah. You know? We are getting out of here. This is like, you know, we just wanted to, like, scare people, make some noises. But they're, like, drowning people in this place. Get yeah. the fuck out. <laughs> I want to go to a better place other than the Cecil. Yeah. I died to get out of the Cecil. I'm not going to stay here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> People are dying to check out. So it doesn't really seem like they've really improved the rooms, though. One person says, uh, very creepy, no bathroom in the room, breakfast tasted like cardboard. Uh, no bathroom? 
Another person says stinks, no AC, hot as heck in the <gasps> tiny rooms, toddler sized bed, and a bunch of prostitutes patrolling the hallways. Well. So it's, yeah, it's still a hotel on Skid Row. Wouldn't yeah. it be funny to hire a prostitute for, it'd be like a pretty woman scenario. You like just hire someone just to be like, can we just like hang? Like I'm just really bored. I just need somebody to talk to. <laughs> I don't want to die today. Can I stay in your room? Yeah. Can you, like, keep me company? Yeah. yeah. they charge for yeah, that? Yeah, for $45 an hour. Yeah. But they would <laughs> charge for that. Because, actually, I, I have it on good information from sex work, actual sex workers, that uh, that is actually a lot of what they do is... Uh, just hang out is, with people? Is, yeah, hang out or even, like, really, really sad stuff, like cuddle. Aww. Just because they're, like... There's professional cuddlers. I know. Yeah. I wanted to be a professional, like, people walker for a while. Yeah. That's a thing. And it I is, heard about yeah. it. I'm like, that is awesome. Like, I, I get paid to hang out with some lonely people and just walk around I would town. totally do that, too. Meet some interesting people and some great stories. Mm-hmm. And that's probably how you become a serial killer. But it's still <laughs> pretty cool. I think you'd become more of a, a Dexter-style serial killer with that, though, because you'd be a you'd be a serial killer for the good guys because yeah. you'd have to, you'd have way too much social interaction daily to be like a Richard Ramirez, like drinking human blood kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and at least that way, like re- you could get somebody to really open up, like a counselor, like, oh, right. you did that. Wait, wait, we'll wait lock your back doors. up for a second. So Richard Ramirez drank blood, right? Is that what you just said? I believe so. So that's where his lymphoma That's how he got his, his B-cell lymphoma. He was drinking everybody's blood. He got himself sick. You did it to yourself, Ramirez. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of sucks, though, <laughs> that he couldn't be put to death because of his crimes, but that's Lame also an entirely different man. debate. Slow and painful. Yep, that's the key. Yeah, it was definitely slow and painful. You don't want to... Uh, you know, give them what they want. Hotel you know. jobs. Complications due to B cell B cell lymphoma. But do you think as a doctor treating him, you're kind of like, eh. I have no idea. That's, it, that's that'd be. Ho- it didn't become a city landmark until March second, two thousand seventeen. Oh wow! So it's it's fairly new. I wonder if that's helped its uh, its stature at all. Probably not if they don't even have, like, bathrooms in the rooms. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. That's a, I didn't even think that was still a thing that, like, American hotels did. You know? Did what? Communal bathrooms instead of... Oh, yeah! Ugh. And to confirm, American Horror Story was not actually filmed in there, but they did recreate two complete floors with a working elevator mirrored after this hotel. Nice. Especially the lobby, I'm guessing? Yes. Yep. Because, yep. yeah, the lobby shots on American Horror Story were pretty damn good, so... It's like, yeah, I, I believe that it was a very painstaking recrea- or recreation. Uh, here's an interesting fact that is not terrifying. <laughs> the band U2 performed an impromptu live concert on the rooftop of a one-story building on the corner of 7th and Main in downtown Los Angeles, uh, next door to the Cecil Hotel. The performance with the hotel featuring as the backdrop was filmed uh, commercially and released as the music video for Where the Streets Have No Name. I think it's wise that they didn't do it on the Cecil because I think they would have damned the bell, the band to like some sort of awful, like, I don't know, outcome for like their success. They just made it the the centerpiece of their occult video that they put out. Yeah, like spread evil across the world. Yeah, sure. You too. <laughs> you too, man. <laughs> Demonic as. <laughs> yeah, right. Demonic AF. So yeah. 
That's the Hotel Cecil. And uh, I'm not seeing any jobs available there. Maybe you have to like apply in person. If you're ballsy enough to come in here, you're hired. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, if you can make it to this building without getting stabbed, you're hired. Pretty much. Um. Yeah. It, file. You know, it's just like I have like family that live out in the country, and they think of Sioux Falls as like that, just being like oh. a crime-riddled hellhole oh, or whatever. Jesus. <laughs> and I'm just like, God, they have no idea. And then. I'm just like, this is the kind of place that is in re- what in real life, what right. my parents think every right. city is like. That's hilarious. That's really cute, though, too. I the wonder, when, when I first searched this hotel, uh, the scene from, oh. The Shining? Yeah, popped up. Did they use this at all for? No. No? Nope. Okay. Because nope. I didn't think so, because I'd never seen any reference between the two, but that was... No, the the Shining is much more based on. There's a real life uh, ski lodge resort kind of yeah. place up in Colorado that it's based on. The Stanley Hotel. Exactly. I honestly, don't think I've ever seen The Shining. It's. A, I haven't either. It's a masterpiece. I actually own the the digital copy on uh, on Apple. So if you guys nice. want to watch it sometime, nice. We could we could do a we could do a watch party viewing and put that on Patreon. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Gotta be hilarious. But, uh, yeah, it's super disturbing. It's probably the best horror movie ever made, that I think. Just because it's, like, such a... It's got, you know, the, like, grossness. It's got some gross out. But, I mean, very, very mild. Compared yeah. to nowadays, where it's, where it's like, torture porn. But uh, the psychological, like, terror from it is just brilliant. Yeah. I have a hard time following any type of, like, horror story, horror film type thing just because i feel like they don't have that substance to hook me i guess yeah that this is this is the cure for that yeah if you want to ever watch that that's that fixes that so yeah very good movie uh also check out um the american horror story hotel season five season five yep but yeah it's uh you know the the Lisa Lamb story has been one that's like creeped me out for a very, very long time, and it's mm-hmm. probably on the, my list of like top five or top ten like stories that were like I need to do a podcast about mysteries yeah. and paranormal mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. because of her case. Uh, just so goddamn weird. Yeah, yeah. There's really no way to like. And we can explain it as something like mundane, but it's just like we we will never know, you know. We'll never. I know, yeah. but I I don't know. Seeing that video a second time, I kind of I think I understand better now what she was trying to do. But I can see where a lot of people would think it's really bizarre behavior, but it's also a bizarre scenario she's going through. I would like to show that video to somebody who doesn't know the story. Oh, there you go. And just be like, what do you think this lady's trying to do here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, like, oh, well, obviously she's doing this. And be like, okay, so that's the logic is if you're in the elevator, not about to be killed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything changes when you know you're about to die. Like, right, right, right. Because, yeah, you have, a different, you have a different perception of what's actually happening when you know what the end result is. Right, like, if that's I true. know I'm going to die and I'm on the roof, I'm going to find out if I can actually fly or not. Like, I want to know, but at the same time... I mean, we're here. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, it just turns out all the suicides over the years have just been people who thought they could fly. That's, that's just feeling. Yeah, I can do it. Check this out. Nope, never mind. Or the or the hotel was just so shitty. They were like, I have to get out of here. That's yeah. Well, no yeah. bathroom, toddler sized beds, and no heat. You think somebody was just taking like a massive dump, and they're just like, "That's it, I'm yeah. checking out." 
Yeah. Something. That water, though, has to be terrible. Yeah. And I want to know, like... How do you clean the pipes for that? Were the guests, like, actually informed that that is what happened at the time? <sighs> like, how many... Did they sue? I, I, I wouldn't want to know, but yeah, I gotta And could they, they even sue? Because it's a budget... Ho- it's a low-budget hotel. So the people that are probably staying there probably can't even afford a lawyer or anybody right. to... To help them, it would be an Aaron Brockovich story. Someone would step up and be like, "Everybody." It would. It would absolutely. Because if these people start having health problems later on because of their exposure, well, that was my first thought when the one video was talking about a tuberculosis or whatever. Right. Yeah. Outbreak. Not tuberculosis, but it was tuberculosis. Yeah, it was was a TB test. It was actually TB. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Skid Row, man. I mean, maybe maybe this thing is. More than a testament to like any kind of paranormal dark force is a testament to what poverty does to people. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. I mean, let's be honest. Like, if if the the pipes were contaminated, they said that was a highly trafficked area for prostitutes. They mm. were in all the rooms already drinking this water. Went out on the streets, passed it around. Outbreak of TB right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was my first thought when they were talking about like people getting sick in the area from. But a she container. would have already have had had to have had TB. Yeah. Yeah. Possible. Because when I got back from Korea, I had to be tested for TB, even though I, I was vaccinated for it. Right. So, and I was vaccinated again because they're just like, you're exposed, vaccinate. So, bypass the know. test. Good, good old consumption. Yeah. It used to kill a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Especially Sarah Brown. And, okay, so here's the other thing. If her test results came back clean, of no drugs or anything like that, I mean, floating in the water for how many days could have diluted that? And, so, and I don't know how that works, like if that would actually right. work that way, but that is a theory that some people who I'm not sure are doctors have floated, is that it would have diluted any yeah. like substances in our system. But I'm just kind of like, I would think that tissue would still hold on to that. Although 14 days is a long yeah. damn time. It was 19, to, wasn't it? Or 19, thank you, yeah. to decompose. So it's just like... Yeah. Who knows, man? Just weird, weird shit. Ew. So, yeah. Yes. That concludes this week's Macabre Grimoire. We're finishing on weird, weird shit. And the moral of the story is don't stay at the Cecil Hotel, even if it cleverly changes its name, its name to the Stay on Main. <laughs> just, like, uh, go in the lobby and check it out, but then do not stay there. Yeah, maybe maybe just don't stay at hotels right by Skid Row. How about, yeah. How about yeah. that? That's okay. probably good. And it's also ranked as a hostel right now, so stay away from hotel hostels. Oh, Jesus. No yeah. wonder. Okay, yeah. We are really talking about a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need a palate cleanser. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Good vibes next so, next chapter. Yeah. yeah, next time we'll talk about, like, Richard Ramirez or something. No, we'll, no, no, no. We'll like, find a different topic for you. Are so. unicorns real? Yeah. Green as children or something. Or soylent green children. Jesus. <laughs> That's not a thing, but we'll make it a thing. There you go. Next time on Macabre Grimoire. Have a great week, everybody. Macabre Grimoire is a production of the SiouxEmpire.com. Learn more at macabregrimoire.com.